0: To the Cinematali Movie Podcast. I'm your host, James Halley. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend Joe Heinz. How Joe?
1: Doing well, James. Um, it's been a blast the last few days going through some of the best movies of the year, mm. some of the best performances. What about yourself? You going um, through memory lane?
0: Yeah, um, just kind of reflecting on uh the past year and just the, the best the best movies of the year for anyone who hasn't read the title of the episode. We're going through our top ten movies. Uh, respectfully of uh, of 2021 uh which you know i i kind of wanted to get out we kind of wanted to get out probably a week ago but you know things happened uh but no we're here we're here now and I, I guess it's good in a way because we we get to watch some things that we missed from last year and kind of put them in the list if we need to although i didn't have to i i watched a few things like in the last few days that really didn't change my mind uh, regarding my top 10 of the year I think they're the same Joe right? Yeah pretty much say the same But there were some good additions Some good honorable
1: mentions
0: Yeah absolutely And we'll get on to those now um, Joe if you want to name off A few movies that didn't quite make into your top 10 But are just fucking banging movies If you want if you want to just talk about those for a minute Yeah
1: it was, it was almost kind of painful Like not including these in the top 10 But I suppose it's good to run through a few of them and mention them uh, The first movie I I think it's The French Dispatch, which is a film that I didn't expect to like as much as I did. Uh, It's fucking brilliant. I love that film. The Night House, which was a sneaky little film this year that kind of caught me off guard. James, you recommended it Mm -hmm. to me, so I just had to go out and see it in the cinema, and it fucking blew me away. Um, Little Fish, uh, which is another film that's incredibly emotional, written by uh, Madison Thomason, who's going to be doing The Batman. Uh, this year, Um, and it's, yeah, it's a heartbreaking movie, Uh, Last Night in Soho, which is a movie that I've seen now a few times, and it's starting to grow on me, the first time I was kind of underwhelmed when I saw it, second time I really liked it, and now I'm, I I actually think it's one of Edgar Wright's best movies, which is very weird for me to say, because as I said, I was very underwhelmed when I first saw it, Um, The Suicide Squad, um, just a fucking blast, I mean, it's, I mean, it's one of the best comic book movies in recent memory. Um, Yeah, it's talk about, like, one of the best sequels ever. Uh, Annette, which is such a fucking weird movie, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Spencer, which I think has one of the best performances of the year. Um, King Richard, another movie which has another great performance with uh, Will Smith. Um, Then, I suppose... The beta test then to finish it up which was a nice little indie film that um i really liked and just missed my top 10 list but uh, i felt like it was worth mentioning um yeah and then when it comes to like t- overall just like cinema going experience no no way home was fucking great but again it just missed my top 10 list I so just just too many other good movies um yeah, again, I could go through another twenty movies, James, but I don't want to. I don't want to bore the audience. So not, uh,
0: not, all, not all, all good, all good picks that could have easily. Uh, some of them are, are in my top ten as well. But um, I'll get on to that. Uh, honorable mentions for me. Um, One Night Miami, which was uh came out early uh last year. I think it was kind of up for it was up for like awards in the Oscars last year, but it came out here. Um, early 2021. Promising Young Woman as well was great, great performance from uh, Carrie Mulligan and a uh, Promising kind of directorial debut from Emerald Fennell. Uh, no Time to Die which was the, the send-off for Daniel Craig I, I thought was uh, a near perfect um, ending to his saga and the first Bond <laughs> with a character arc. Uh, it only took maybe about 60 years but you know we got there. Uh, the Guilty which was a movie that just kind of crept up on me uh as, as most kind of netflix original movies do and it really i thought it was a really effective uh lockdown thriller that took advantage of the i guess the the situation we're in and met a really effective uh thriller um the last duel which has um You know, a great dramatic performance from Jodie Comer, who I feel should probably get an Oscar nomination from this. Uh, And one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen, movie or television, at the end, The Last Duel, is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, It didn't make my top 10, though. Uh, Spencer, uh, great. I think Kristen Stewart has a real shot of winning her first Oscar. I I think, you know... Through Possibility, The Power of the Dog, Banda Cumberbatch's best performance, arguably. Um, Really, really effective. Um, I guess it's a Western, but not really. Uh, The Green Knight, which was one of my most anticipated movies of 2021, didn't disappoint at all. Didn't make my top 10, though. Uh, Sound of Metal, great uh, movie. Riz Ahmed's best performance. Uh, Our friend Paul Racy, Hi, Paul. And... (laughs) Uh, yeah, just an absolute phenomenal movie. Nomad land uh, as well, just in my honorable mentions, um, just a, a great movie. And obviously, Francis McDormand won the Oscar last year for, for that movie. So, uh, yeah, really good stuff. Uh, but we'll get into the top ten. Uh, Joe, I'll let you go first, since I'm such a gentleman. Uh, what is your tenth uh, best <laughs> movie? No problem. What's your 10th best movie of, uh, 2021?
1: Uh, for me, my number 10 of the year was The Card Counter, which, um, I'm slowly starting to think the movie has some kind of hypnotic quality to it because I've seen it five times. I'm fucking obsessed with this movie. Yeah. Um, it just works. It's a simple film. Like it's just, again, the whole movie is just Oscar Isaac and Ty Sheridan going from, uh, you know, casino to casino. Um, with like a slow kind of i guess like subplot of like maybe they'll do something terrible and then there's this kind of soft crescendo at the end it's not like a it's not like a really complicated movie but it just works and i think oscar isaac gives one of the best performances of the year mm. i know this movie it's not um it's not really i think there's some people who fucking despise this film and mm. i don't know why i don't think it's a I don't think it's one of those movies that you could really despise I think a lot of the criticism is like oh it's too similar to some of all some of Paul Schrader's previous work But well, I mean if it ain't broken you know <laughs> like again it just it just worked for me um, and am I trying to justify what we did no nothing Father understood that. If you were there, you could understand. Otherwise, there's no understanding.
0: Um, I was, I I talked to you about this before, but there's a movie that um, Paul Trader came out with. He wrote and directed Light Sleeper with Willem Dafoe, who's also on the card counter. Um, uh, Willem Dafoe plays like this drug dealer, John Latour and uh he wants to get out of the whole drug dealing business but um he's kind of brought back in uh, and he kind of uh, he does some like dubious shit but it's very very similar in structure to uh the card counter which is i think it's no coincidence um well that's not taken away from the movie i mean it's not really it's not really stealing if you're stealing from yourself really is it? so um, yeah, no, uh, Card Counter was a great movie. It's actually lower down in my top 10. Uh, so we'll probably have a, a chat about that. But anyway, um, my number 10 is uh, The Night House, which was like, when I saw it, it was like halfway through the year. It was like my number my number two pick, but uh, I've, I've just seen so much good stuff since then. It's It's been very hard for it to compete. It's a very small horror movie. Uh, Rebecca Hall, I think she's had a great year. Um, she starred in this movie, uh, the probably the best horror movie of, of the year. It's just certainly the my favorite of the year. Um, but this is directed by David Bruckner who who Joe knows as kind of uh, one of the guys behind uh, VHS. Um, and I think I think Rebecca Hall, if there was any justice in the world, would get a uh, a nomination for this. Maybe a SAG nomination, or an Oscar nomination. I think she's absolutely incredible. in The cinematography is uh beautiful as well uh, really effective use of of color and um it, it kind of introduced me to that song calvary cross as well which is just something i've been listening to uh kind of all year so uh yeah really really effective use of minimalist imagery um just making like, I don't want to spoil the movie, but making something out of literally nothing. That's all I'll say. Go watch the movie, it's excellent. It's on Disney Plus, actually. It's on, it got released on Disney Plus. I actually did quite well, you know, because, like, you know, it's a very small budget, uh, budgeted movie. And I think it probably made about 10 million against 2 million. So it, it, did, it did quite well with literally like zero marketing. So, Who is this? Yeah. Owen? I can't. I
1: can't hear you. I can't. I can't
0: hear you. you can't the uh go check that that out. out. i to on to What's your What's your number nine?
1: Yeah, mine number nine uh, is Pig, the Nicolas Cage film. Uh, it's a subversive little revenge movie. It's bizarre, it's ex- incredibly emotional. Um, the movie again, it's you know, Nick Cage is having this kind of renaissance now where he's like he's you know he's doing really interesting roles and like some of them are hidden and some of them are kind of hidden, which is okay, I guess. But this this movie, fuck it. I also wanted to give a shout out to the actor Adam Arkin, who plays Darius in the film. Uh, He was another, there's a fantastic, this movie has two of my favorite scenes of the year. One takes place in a restaurant where basically Nick Cage is just grilling the chef. And it's incredibly tense again. it's, It's not like he has a gun to him or anything, but it's just the power of acting. And then there's a scene towards the end of the movie with Nick Cage and Adam Arkin, which you would kind of assume would be this big kind of standoff but it's it's it turns into something fair more kind of uh sweet and and kind of emotionally charged and it's yeah the movie completely caught me off guard and uh, i think it's i think for anybody who's like who has you know a love and a passion for a particular craft that they have i think it's a really great movie for them to watch i think yeah i think you would kind of connect with the movie in a, in a weird way mm. um yeah, so it's, like, it's just basically it's like a more chill John Wick. <laughs> Again, it's it's a very subversive film, um, but it's it's one that really stuck with me and caught me off guard. Um, nope. Yeah. Nope. Fuck off. Get away from my car. Go. Go. Come on. No. No. Not me either. What's up, man? Beautiful. Whew. I don't know this little fucker does it. How do you do it? Uh-huh. <laughs> you sure you don't want one of those um camp showers? You know, the ones with the propane and the hot water? What about that phone? I don't wanna be the one to drive up and find you like dead. And there's like animals and shit out here. Okay. Oh. Good talk, Rob.
0: One of Nicolas Cage's best movies, would you say, or is it too hard to
1: choose? Um yeah i mean yeah again nick cage he, he's I, I know for some people they love him but like he's he's never been an actor who i'm like who's always on the top of my mind like i i never really cared that much for his movies mm. um that being said like i've i fucking love ghostwriter it's one of my guilty <laughs> pleasures but um yeah uh <laughs> this movie is probably i think his best performance again i'd have to go through his entire filmography again um but yeah, this is definitely a turn in the right direction, um, and I have hopes for the rest of his career. So,
0: um, cool. So that is pig. Um, my number nine, uh, choice is Wes Anderson's *The French Dispatch*, which I really didn't think was going to make my top ten. Uh, because, um, I I do joke about Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson, a lot. Um, because. He seems to have uh, chosen an aesthetic and has, you know, ran with it for the last maybe uh, 15, 20 years. And, you know, it was it was kind of certain to, to grow tired of me, but this, I think the fact that he's doubled down on that stylistic choice has kind of reaped a lot of rewards and, and you know, it's kind of resulted in the, in the French Dispatch which is like this anthology um, story of um, journalists and the stories uh, and their stories, um, and it's just a, a love letter to like magazine journalism, like uh, the people who work for like the New Yorker, and uh, it's it's full of a great uh, ensemble cast. You've you've Bill Murray, Francis McDormand, Timothy Chalamet, Owen Wilson, uh, Leah Seydoux. Um, Benicio del Toro, all those guys, uh, Adrian Brody, just a fucking—I can't name them all. It, uh, Jeffrey Wright is the standout. He's probably the—he's probably one of the best things in it. And there's a lot of really great things in it. Um, yeah, it's—I uh, think Patrick Willems said it was like a finely cooked meal of a movie. You feel like you know you're genuinely satisfied by uh, everything. Like you could really taste what you're seeing. Uh, it's a real treat for the eyes. Uh, it's my number nine pick. I really hope that um, it does. It does something uh, at the Oscars. I I think it's I think it's one of uh, Anderson's best movies. Like a top three uh, for me. Uh, so yeah, that's the French Dispatch. His epitaph will be taken verbatim from the stenciled shingle fixed above the door of his inner office.
1: Berenson's article the concrete masterpiece three dangling participles two split infinitives and nine spelling errors in the first sentence alone. Some of those are intentional <laughs> The Kremen's story revisions to a manifesto we asked for 2,500 words and she came in at 14,000 plus footnotes and notes a glossary and two epilogues. It's one of her best <laughs> impossible to fact-check he changes all the names and only writes about hobos pimps and junkies these are his people how about Robuck? Right. His door's
0: locked, but I could hear the keys clacking.
1: Don't rush him. The question is who gets killed. There's one piece too many, even if we print another double issue, which we can't afford under any circumstances. A message from the foreman. One hour to press. You're fired. Uh, really? Don't cry in my office. movie was fucking it, it, it's so funny as uh, I was i have it down as like my funniest film of the year mm. there, i again i'm not the kind of guy who, like laugh out loud in the cinema mm. I fear that i get a laugh like that but there's a few times especially with uh the timothy chalamet uh uh as part of the movie uh where some of the lines like i came out with were just fucking brilliant mm. um and even the uh the one with the artist uh where he's where he's in the prison. Like again, some of the some of the physical humor in that as well was just top-notch. Mm-hmm. Actually, the if I was to criticize
0: one aspect of it, like the Timothy Chalamet part of it, uh, with Francis McDormand, uh, it wasn't it was probably the weakest story for me within the entire movie. Um, like it started off so well with the Owen Wilson introduction when he's cycling across um, you know the the city it started off so well and then you had the Nisa del toro uh adrian brody leo do story and it ended really well with the jeffrey wright thing uh but that was like my only gripe with it like it, it was like noticeably weaker than the rest of the stories but it wasn't bad and yeah it was but look overall it was just like a really uh fantastic joyful Movie and like you'd be hard pressed to find a movie that was more colorful and more zany and more whimsical than the French Dispatch. So, I uh, would really uh, like for people to check that out because you know it, did, it didn't do you know very well at the box office and obviously with COVID, um, that was that was a, a massive factor. But I uh, I'd really like it if people saw this one, um. But yeah, that's my number nine. What's your number
1: eight pick, Joe? Uh, My number eight film of the year um, is Tick, Tick, Boom. And in a year where we've gotten some great musicals, I forgot to mention as an honourable mention, In the Heights was another movie that I really loved this year. Mm. Um, Actually uh, written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who... Uh, directed tick tick boom uh in it's his directorial debut and um you wouldn't th- you wouldn't know it because this movie was fucking brilliant uh directorially i mean it was the choreography in this movie the um obviously the, i think the star of the show was andrew garfield um and his portrayal of john Larson um and i was surprised to find out that the guy never really saw himself as a singer because he sounds fucking great in this movie mm. um yeah, I mean, the whole movie was just fantastic, I think, in telling Jonathan Larson and also focusing on his friend group, which I really liked. I think, you know, with biopics, um, especially one where especially one where the main character is is kind of loved, is um, uh, regarded as being just like brilliant. Um, I think there, there can be kind of like, um, sometimes I think they can kind of glamorize the, the person, but they didn't in this movie. I feel like they, they really kind of got into a lot of the conflicts that he had with his friends and uh, his relationship and um, and the cast was fucking incredible um again the music in it is brilliant um i really really enjoyed the music it has a great soundtrack uh, it's definitely worth the watch it's on netflix um i again, i i truly believe this year andrew garfield should win best actor um it, it'd be baffling if he didn't i just think he became hudson and um, so yeah that would be my number eight for the year This is the life of bo-bo-bo-bo. This is the life of bo-bo-bo-bo. This is the life of bo 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 Showers in the kitchen, there might be some soap. Dishes in the sink, brush your teeth you can cope. The toilets in the closet, you better hope there's a light bulb in there. Not today! Revolving door roommates, prick up your ears! Fourteen people in just four years. Ooh. And a Max and Jonathan and Carolyn and Carrie. Ooh. David Timmer. Tim was just a guest. Mm-hmm. Tim, I remember Tim Mary, Margaret Lisa, David, Susan, Stephen, Joe, and Sam. Ooh. And Elsa, the bill collector's dream was still is on the lam, Don't forget the neighbors, Michelle and Gate. Yeah. The, the, okay. the time is flying and everything is dying. I thought by now I'd have a dog, a kid, and ah, wife. The oh, ship is sort of oh, sinking. Oh, so let's oh, start drinking. Yeah. Before we start thinking. This is the life, this is the life of all. This is the life of all.
0: to say it, but yeah he'll definitely get nominated and there's a strong chance that he will that he could win uh, a best actor uh award for, at the oscars so i mean look oscars don't mean everything but you know it'd, it'd be really uh really cool to see him win um well yeah like it, it's true what you're saying like he didn't really see himself as a singer i don't even think uh he had sang in anything uh, like stage or screen. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I've been listening to a few songs from that. I haven't watched Tick, Boom yet, but, um, I've listened to a few songs from the album and yeah, it's really impressive stuff. He, he thought he was kind of singing for most of his life, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom it's a Netflix original. so, should check that one out um my number eight is uh was actually my my number one halfway through the year it's um evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 uh which was like the last uh evangelion movie i think the first one like the series like started in 96 and then like they had these reboot movies which were like they were based on the series like the first two entries were based on the series uh they're like shot for shot remakes with a few differences um you know and then like the end of the second one just like changes everything and you have this this fourth installment here which is um directed by the the series uh creator Hidiki and um I really don't want to say anything about the plot because like I'm conscious that um there's there's people out there who haven't like watched the series at all, but it's it's the best animation I've probably ever seen. <laughs> it's pre- pretty it's pretty amazing. Like it's like it's top five anyway for sure. Um, and there there was actually a lot of contenders for like uh best animation. Like Luca was excellent. Uh, I thought uh, Soul. Um, I'm not sure. No, Soul came out last year. But um, even the the Mugen Train movie, I thought that was really interesting. I saw that lately, and it just uh, you know that that was incredible. But they even get Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. It's it, amazing, and all the other movies are on Amazon Prime Video to stream. There was like a deal done with the studio to kind of bring those movies over uh, to the West. Uh, to, and you know they're dubbed and everything. So uh, yeah, go check out all those movies. I would say they're um, it's it's uh it it's it's such a it's such a unique series, you know. I'm looking on Letterbox now. It has it has all these like incredible scores, like like a four point two on Letterbox is like uh, that's you know that's Amazing. pretty that, that's pretty great, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, go check it out. I know I'm I'm very light on plot, but I'm conscious that a lot of people don't even know about the the movie, so yeah, that's that's uh, Evangelion three point one uh 3.0 plus 1.0 tricep on a time so there you go um Joe, what is your seventh favorite movie of 2021
1: yeah so i didn't know whether or not to include this movie because i just see this movie as like a 2020 release but yeah. at the same time it came out in march here in ireland so my number seven movie is minari which yeah. was for a very long time my number one movie of the year um It's such a beautiful film. Uh, It's about this Korean family who moves to uh, the south of America, and um, they try to start this farm. And it's just, yeah, it's a beautiful film. I think, you know, the performances in the movie, uh, the youngest actor in it, um, uh, whose name is Alan Kim, uh, Mm -hmm. who plays the son. And he's, you know, again, he's navigating through this, new world and, and, um, new landscape. And he's just, again, like one of the best performances I felt like of last year, and he didn't even get nominated, but anyways, that's the Oscars for it. Um, and it has like a really, really truthful and honest relationship between, uh, Steven Yeun and Han, Han- yuri uh, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. And, uh, Yo Jung, who won best supporting actress, um, at the Oscars last year. Uh, she gave a fucking fantastic performance and a real love letter, I think, to, to grandmothers around the world. Um, and it's again, it's it's a movie that's just it's been in my mind the whole year. And I think, um, you know I had the opportunity to see it again like last month, and uh, it's still a tremendous film. Uh, and I think it should get talked about <laughs> enough, even though there was like um, it was kind of a debate of whether or not it's a it's an American film or uh, an international film. But I think it's one of the most American movies. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last few years, really about the American dream. Okay.
0: 교회 버스 왔어요. 어, 놔두고 너
1: This just gets better and better.
0: 어느 서랍이 그랬어? 아니 저렇게 무거운 걸 어떻게 들었어? 그렇게 무거운 걸 혼자 들었어? 아이고. 자. 어디? 일어나 봐. 옳지. 자. 오케이. 오케이. 자, 걸어봐. 아이고. 아이고. 스트롱. 스트롱 보이. 음. 스트롱 보이. 음. 왜? 이런 소리 처음 들어봤어? 데이비스아, 너는 strong 할머니가 본 사람 중에서 제일 할머니 피피는 무슨 말이에요? <웃음> <웃음> um
1: James, I know you you also enjoyed the movie.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I think it's great. Um I, I probably should have mentioned my honorable mentions, but uh, yeah, it was it was just a really uh, great drama that encapsulated what exactly the American Dream seems like a really vague thing whenever people talk about it. I feel like this is like um, if you wanted to kind of illustrate what it meant to people outside of America, I, I guess you'd show them this movie. Uh, and you know again, and Stephen Yoon has been doing like really good work since like he left the Walking Dead. Uh, but I felt like this this was the movie that really propelled him into leading man status. You know, um, I think is the that new A twenty four movie that the humans uh, is out uh, now at the moment. It's releasing next week. Um, but yeah, I think I think this this movie has been very beneficial for him uh, in, in that sense. Uh, but it, like Alan Kim, as you said, is just fucking phenomenal. One of the, one of the great uh, child actor performances. Uh Han Yeri uh Yun Yo Jung Um and Will Patton as well as that kind of uh crazy neighbor guy. Um yeah. yeah, he was uh Paul. Yeah. Um yeah, just all around, just fucking excellent movie. Um yeah, so that is uh minari seven. My number seven is Denny Villeneuve's Dune, uh, which is on uh Joe's list. I'd imagine it's on your top ten. It's well, it's next. So. It's next. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so we, we can we can we can talk away about it. So, um, but yeah, June. Uh, what can I say about June that hasn't already been said? Um, one of the great directors of the 21st century, Denis Villeneuve, had a crack at June, and he fucking knocked it out of the park. Um, Timothy Chalamet in, um, I think, a role I've been waiting for him to kind of, uh, you know. Take on for a while Because like you know a lot of people have been You know were sold early on 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 him being I don't know this like new This new DiCaprio this new kind of Johnny Depp Figure and I feel like this is the movie that I feel like I needed to Convince me of that I don't think he's on That level yet but I think He has the potential to be I think he's absolutely uh, Great as, as Paul Atreides but I think the The MVP of the movie And you know there's a lot of contenders for that title. But I think Rebecca Ferguson absolutely just steals the show in this movie. I think she's absolutely incredible. She's incredible in everything, if you ask me. <laughs> um, I'm like the, the president of her fan club. That doesn't exist. I'm sure it exists, but I I would like to be the president of the fan club. Uh, I think she's just incredible as um, as a Jessica. Uh, Oscar Isaac as well uh, is great as Leto. Uh, Josh Brolin as Gurney. Uh, Son Skarsgård as just this... Ghastly, uh, obese ghost of a man. <laughs> He's just uh, the the Baron. Um, Dave Bautista is great at roaring and shouting at people uh, in a way that's kind of funny, but also kind of scary. It's kind of it's kind of walking the fine line there. Uh, and uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson's little umbrella. That's why well. I thought that was just uh, another standout in the movie. I thought that was that was great.
1: I guess I'm not in the mood today.
0: Mood. What's mood to do with it? You fight when the necessity arises, no matter the mood. Now
1: fight! Come on! I have you. Join me in death. I see you found the mood. Um.
0: But yeah. Um. Just. Uh. But on on technical side, I think Dune is one of the most believable fictional worlds. Um. You know, I've I've ever seen like Arrakis is just it feels so lived in. It feels like a place that actually exists but is so far removed from anything we've ever experienced but um just the cinematography and the set design and it's just it's off the charts it's uh, an incredible movie i can't wait for part two um you know because as much as i love the the movie i can't the reason why it can't like be closer to my favorite movie of the year is just like it is like it is by nature an incomplete story and there's nothing really you can do about that so there is, like, a level of satisfaction that it can never exceed. But re- it, retroactively, it's going to be probably better for me when part two comes out. So, um, yeah, Dune, phenomenal. Uh, it's your number six, Joe, so just gush about there for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, as you were mentioning, the only reason why, is it, why it isn't higher on my list is because it is only one part of film mm. and, you know, the character arcs aren't complete. And, you know, as a fan of the book series, um, you can really tell the amount of love that the Denis Villeneuve has for this uh, property. And I think, you know, you can tell, first of all, not only with the craft, I think this movie has one of the best marriages between practical effects and visual effects. um. You know, something that i noticed with something like star wars you know when you go to Tatooine, it's like oh it's a desert you know it's mm. like that's you know that's a cgi landscape you know the thing about dune is you feel like you've been transported to an alien world in a way that i haven't experienced in a very very long time um and i think that's a real it's a real rarity nowadays um for a movie to be that immersive uh, i think it has one of the best scores of the year as well i think hans zimmer I mean, the guy invented instruments for the score. That just goes to show the level of um, just love for this project. I mean, inventing instruments, come on. Uh, yeah, as, I mean, it has one of the best casts as well of the year. I think, you know, again, Timothy Chalamet, I think he's perfect for Paul Atreides. Uh, in fact, all the Atreides, you know, as you were mentioning, Rebecca Ferguson was phenomenal in this movie. Uh, Josh Brolin, who is a perfect Gurney Halleck, um, absolutely perfect um and yeah i mean what can i say like the movie was just it was breathtaking um and i'm looking forward to part two um and as you were saying again i think part two is going to enrich this movie to a level that i think you know we're going to look back on doing as being on the same like at the same podium as like lord of the rings and star wars and you know these epics that really transport you to a different world um which i think these massive blockbusters are kind of losing i think they're getting a little bit sloppy but this movie is a nice kind of reinvigoration of that um you know just a level of craft uh, which was again went into the cinema and i felt like i someone literally transported me to a different world um so i had to put a, a number six on my list for that reason
0: i feel like i feel like that's probably what james cameron was trying to do with avatar you know trying to create this new modern myth but and like I've like the reputation of Avatar has kind of dwindled in the intervening years. It's been over 10 years uh since the first one came out, and there's a second one on the way, which I still can't quite believe. But like for some reason or another, uh I never connected with Avatar in a way like and and the world does feel like like it's um Lived in, but there's something about Dune where, like, the deserts and even the you know the Atreides homeworld does feel like it does. There's a there's a, an air of familiarity about those worlds, and then like something w- like Pandora and Avatar just kind of fails to to do that. And also the characters are just like you know I, I won't like say oh they're big fucking Smurfs or whatever basketball playing Smurfs or whatever like that. It's just like. You know, it there's just it just doesn't it just doesn't pull it off, and I don't want mean to bash Avatar, even though I'm not a big fan, but like, yeah, it's just something that that has failed to do, and Dune has understood. Um But yeah, look, I'm, I'm going off topic, but yeah, Dune absolutely just phenomenal movie, and I can't wait for part two. Um, right, so my number six is. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home which is one of the most delightful things I've seen this year uh, for one reason or another Um, might as well go into spoilers here, Uh, most people have seen it, you know, I was very uh, critical, I've I'm going over old ground but I'll just say anyway, I was very um, cynical uh, about the rumours of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield returning as their respective Spider-Man I didn't think it was it was necessary to have them back. I was proven wrong, and it was done in a really um, meaningful and in a way that made those character appearance purposeful, uh, as well as as the villains. William Defoe is uh, he he's he's a standout here. I think consistently throughout the movie, you know, um, absolutely incredible performance as Norman Osborne just kind of picking up where he left off um yeah just uh, and and one of one of the one of the best fight scenes of the year between him and Tom Holland's Peter Parker um in the in Happy's house or Happy's kind of apartment i thought that was absolutely incredible
1: hello peter hi do, we, do i know you what have you done with my machine talking about I don't know what machine. Do you want to play games? Catch! Don't worry, ma'am! I'm coming!
0: I from a visual effects standpoint i thought it was one of the better mcu movies uh maybe because they had more time to work on that. i know there's been some criticism about the uh the visual effects in the in the final act and i think i think you could probably say it for sandman uh lizard and i think there's actually been some uh, for lack of a better term patch updates for the movie that i've seen they've yeah, they've kind of. It, it's like with cats, um, where they were like they had to improve. Uh, I think that like CG, some of the CG and Judy Dench wasn't complete or something like that. Uh but I think when Andrew Garfield like goes through the portal, um, that's that's like fixed. Um, it looked a bit kind of janky the first time you watch it, and it's kind of it's 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 pretty much uh, improved here. But I thought that Tom Holland really comes into his own here. I think. You know, he really like if if a person wasn't convinced before, he's really Spider-Man in this movie, and the ending of this movie signifies a whole new era of uh, Spider-Man movies. Uh, also, Michael Chiquino's score is fu- is divine. It's absolutely divine. I was this <laughs> I was listening to Arachno Arachno Virture Arachno Virture, uh, which is like the last track on the on the soundtrack, it's absolutely incredible. It's like six or seven minutes long. Um, dear God, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It it just it puts the hair stand on the back of your neck. It's really really good. Um, but yeah, That's Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. Again, you know, when Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire showed up, it's like, how can you not just like cheer? Like, how can you not just get completely out? Um, you know, I was I when we reviewed the movie I kind of mentioned how you know I liked how they really they really made these three Spider-Man movies like the origin like the origin trilogy for um Tom Holland Spider-Man I think now he's in a place where he is actually Spider-Man and that's really exciting Um, and I can't wait to see where they go in the future um in terms of the VFX I I actually didn't mind like the CG I thought the CG was fine it was serviceable Mm again they're doing some pretty some pretty trippy imagery especially with like mm. the doctor strange stuff and it's not easy like you know on a movie this scale with the amount of shots that they have to complete i, I find it kind of funny that like movies get patch updates no? yeah i feel it's like only a few, yeah, we're going to start getting like dlc's for movies you know so <laughs> um, it's it's kind of crazy but at the same time but look again if they have the opportunity to fix it yeah. go for it you yeah. know um yeah <laughs> but yeah again uh, one of the best movie-going experiences of this year, uh, definitely by far. Um, I, yeah, I, w- I, w- I, w- I would go a step
0: further. Probably one of the best experiences, like cinema experiences of my life. I would say it's it's very hard for me to to get. Uh, I was tearing up, happy tears, sad tears, um, just getting up. Like I felt like getting up out of my chair. I felt like like being one of those fucking guys that claps when the when the plane lands. Uh, Just by the end of that movie, I thought it was absolutely incredible what they were able to do. And I was so I was really cynical and I'd like the other two Spider-Man movies. But I I'm I'm still like very indifferent to the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. And I love two thirds of Sam Raimi's movies. And I really just didn't think it was warranted. And they did it in such a way where I was absolutely convinced. Um, Yeah. And for that, I I commend them it was yeah just a great experience yeah john watts well done john watts gets a lot of flack for no reason and he's just he's a he's a good guy he's a good director
1: that guy that guy's a genius like i mean i know that word gets thrown around a lot but like that guy made a fake trailer eli roth saw that fake trailer and decided to get let him make a horror movie Mm -hmm. and now he's making spider-man films and now he's going to be producing Final destination. I mean the guy yeah. the guy yeah. has it figured out. <laughs> mm, absolutely. And he's gonna be doing um
0: Fantastic Four, which I'm really looking forward to as well. That's probably gonna oh, yeah. be the next thing, the next thing he directs. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait for for that to materialize. Like Fantastic Four is just uh like they were a big thing for me kind of growing up, and uh yeah, just really can't wait for that. So uh, but yeah, Spider man No Way Home. Uh, right. So that's the first part of our top ten of 2021. Uh, done. Uh, we'll just recap for for those who were kind of forgetful. Uh, <laughs> my number. T- uh, my number ten pick was The Night House. My number nine pick was The French Dispatch. Uh, and number eight is Evangelion 3.0 uh, plus zero or 1.0. Uh, twice upon a time. My number seven pick is June. Uh, and at number six is Spider-Man No Way Home Joe over to you
1: yeah fantastic list James by the way Um, thank you thank you (laughs) all good movies yes
0: Um,
1: I met them all my (laughs) (laughs) number my my number 10 uh, was The Card Counter my number 9 was Pig my number 8 was Tick Tick Boom my number 7 was Minari and my number 6 was Doom nice
0: alright um that's it for part one we'll see you in part two uh where we'll be talking about uh our favorite movies of 2021 you don't want to miss it in case like you miss some and you want like just the best recommendations around so sayonara see you later see you in part two goodbye